Hey guys, it's Nick, the ginger from the Ginger and the Jew podcast. Big shout out to everybody that's been listening. Um, we really appreciate the support. We would love to get more social with you guys. So follow us at Ginger and Jew Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. I uh, would love to connect with you and kind of see how you guys feel about the show. Um, with all that said, let's get it going. All right, welcome in episode three. Is that right, Scott? Three? Episode three, we made Episode it. three, the Ginger and the Jew podcast. A lot of requests and a lot of people have been asking us, where's episode three? You are about to get it. Full boat here. I want to also send a shout out to Scott, my Jewish friend here. Tell me there was a holiday or something going on. Yeah, Rosh Hashanah. No idea. No idea what that means? No idea. It's a Jewish New Year. Uh, I want to give a shout out to all my Jewish friends who are listening to this podcast with Shana Tova. Nick doesn't know what that means either. <laughs> Happy New Year to everybody. That's one of the reasons we had a delay for the podcast is because we could not uh, record on the Jewish New Year. <laughs> We're so, making excuses now. <laughs> we are. Let's just say this. I'm glad that the, the Jewish New Year is in college football season. That's great because it is, it is a new year. We've got a whole list of games we want to go over. Um, so definitely a shout out. I hope your holiday was great. Really quickly, I know we mentioned this before, um, Twitter and Instagram, at the at Ginger and Jew Pod. Definitely go find us. Reach out to us. I'm learning that I don't think people listen to long podcasts, so we're trying to get this out in the beginning. Um, big shout out to everybody that's listened to us um, um, over, the, over the past few episodes. So we're going to go into the games that happened this past week. We're going to start with kind of the top game. That was Clemson A&M. Very tight game, very fun to watch. Scott, what's your opinions? I took more out of Texas A&M in that game than I did Clemson. I think Clemson is still going to be one of the top teams in the country, definitely in the college football playoffs. What Jimbo has done very quickly, a lot of new coaches have struggled, but Jimbo Fisher, that culture has changed. You see what Kevin Sumlin is doing at Arizona. A&M needed horrible. <laughs> A&M needed that change. And very impressed what Kellen Mond, who was a running quarterback, was able to do against Clemson through the air was extremely impressive. So taking in that game, I was more impressed with A&M. It said more to me about A&M in that game than it did Clemson. So more impressed, maybe. I mean, I think that you still have to look at this as an SEC road game that Clemson went and won on the road in a tough environment. I agree with you. I like what Jimbo's doing. Mond looks really good. A um, c- couple things could have went their way, and they could have probably won that game. Obviously, the, the two-point at the end. Um, so really close game, really tight thing. Clemson um, definitely, you know, doesn't look like – I mean, their schedule's not great, so, so they're going to be where they need to be at the end of the year. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. Jimbo looks like he's ready to kind of contend there in the West. Are you worried about Clemson being in the college football? Not at all. Not at all. Because, look, this is like the hardest game they have on their schedule. Like, who else do they have? I mean, there's no one else really on the schedule. Florida State, Taggart's been horrible. Georgia Tech has not been good. I, you know, I kind of had them as kind of a, a surprise team. They could still do some things with that or the option. But who in the ACC is good? You just exactly. Said it. Exactly. It's a, a blank. It. No one's good in the ACC. Yeah. So, so Clemson has got a really easy path. I did look at the schedule. I'm not going to list it right now because there's nobody on it. This was kind of their test game. They succeeded. The quarterbacks look good. Um, so I think they're in a good spot. I agree. Uh, as Dabo mentioned, Dabo has a new phrase, the Mary Poppins teams, which are the cupcakes. Is this a new cupcakes? Okay. It's a new cupcake. So <laughs> looking at Clemson's schedule, there's a bunch of Mary Poppins on there. Yeah. Uh, so I think that you're right. It's going to be Clemson and the ACC and no one else. So let's move to another game. This was kind of a, not under the radar game, but two ranked teams, your UGA Bulldogs versus the South Carolina Gamecocks. Um, this was just pure dominance. This became one of those really close at half 
could go either way. And then Kirby showed the depth with the running backs and all this kind of stuff. You know, they had, I think, five running backs get touches in this game, three scored touchdowns. Um, they've got a lot of guys that are deep there. And so going into a tough, tough road environment there, Williams Bryce at South Carolina, really impressed with Georgia Bulldogs. Same here. Have to agree with you, Nick, on that. I don't want to agree with you, but I have to. <laughs> uh, we're going to sound like a broken record when talking about Georgia. It's going to just be a lot of dominance from the offense, from the defense. They're stacked. They're well coached. They are the new Alabama. Uh, and they are going to be up there with Alabama. I don't know. Wait, let's hold on. Not the new Alabama. I think they're still light, Alabama light. I think what you're seeing is they've built the roster similar to Bama. It's very deep with the recruiting. They had the number one class in the SEC by some services this past year, um, and they're continuing to recruit really well. But you're not Bama till you win the games. Like Everybody thinks that the Bama of the West or the Bama of the new Bama or Bama of Pac- Big Ten or whatever that is. Like No, Bama's Bama, as much as I don't like to say that. Georgia will beat Bama when they beat Bama, and it's probably going to be in Atlanta for the SEC Championship game. Probably not going to beat them, though, because of Tua. True, yeah, yeah, okay. I see what you're trying to do, and, yeah. and, and I appreciate that. You're trying to get Nick Brown up here. They can, be, they can be the Bama. They can be the future SEC team. Um, with that being said, you know, we'll be pretty cordial right now, but I want to get really in deep on some of your crappy picks from last week because in week two I was getting crushed on – you know, Michigan making the playoff, Bryce Love winning the Heisman, you know, all that kind of stuff. And now I want you to answer to a couple things. So first and foremost, Scott Frost looked god-awful against Colorado, which he never should have lost that game, and he looks like he's lost. Give me, give me some response on Scott Frost. So I, I think you're completely wrong there. Yes, he lost the game. The offense was really good. The freshman, Adrian Martinez, passed the ball well, ran the ball for over 100 yards, and then he got injured. Once he got in, now it's excuses. They had to put in a backup quarterback. Nebraska was going to win that game, and then Colorado got the ball at the very end and scored a late touchdown. They looked good. Scott Frost is an offensive guy. Their offense looked good. Nebraska's offense looked good. I am not worried about Nebraska. They had a game canceled, and I said they're going to win eight games. That might not happen. It might be seven. They're going to make a bowl game this year, and I'm not worried about Scott Frost at all. There are a few other coaches I'm worried about. Scott Frost is not one of them. I mean, I get what you're saying, but they're still they're still in the Big Ten. Um, you know, they do still have some games on their schedule. I mean, look, Troy this week is not a pushover, right? I mean, they're not they're not a great team. They're not going to do anything um, kind of insane. But I mean, Troy's a decent team. I'm not saying they're going to win, but you know, to to make an excuse of someone getting hurt, I just think that this is year one of Scott Frost. I think it's going to be kind of tough to get to where they want to get, or where you said kind of a. A bigger nine win, I think you said at the beginning of the year. The only way that Nebraska loses to Troy only is way. if Coach O becomes a coach in Nebraska. Because they lost to Troy last year at that LSU team. Can I get a Coach O? No, no, you're not going to Coach O. I'm not going to give you that this week because we're delayed on doing this podcast. I'm very frustrated. I want to go. Okay, so now you, you've answered to Scott Frost. Now I want to go. We want to go somewhere else. We want to go to um, Florida and Felipe Franks and the 31-year – history of always beating Kentucky it didn't happen this was your we're making football fun again we're doing all that kind of stuff what happened to your Florida Gators I will man up on this one I will I will own it uh it was not fun in Gainesville in the swamp against Kentucky unless you were a Kentucky fan (laughs) 31 years in a row even Jim McElwain and Will Muschamp were able to beat Kentucky uh Jim McElwain didn't beat many people he beat Kentucky, <laughs> but you're right. Um, he beat some Sharks, too. Uh, but they've got uh, – Dan Marlin, that was a rough game. The offense looked anemic. 
Uh, you also had the defense, which we'll get into later. I believe Nick's going to talk about. So defense. you, but wait, hold on. You told me you said this was this was the overreaction of Felipe Franks. It was it was one week. It was Danny Warfel comments and Tim Tebow comments. I need to know what is Florida this year because I've only seen one game against Charleston Southern. Florida, is, that's a good question. I think Florida still has uh, the chance to be decent, win eight games. Uh, but Felipe has got to read the defenses better. He's got to make his checks. Um, I don't think it was much so, as much as Felipe as it was the defense and, and Todd Granson. So I still think Felipe could have a good year. I mean, he threw two touchdown passes, had one interception that was a horrible pass. Don't know who he was throwing to there. But I still like Florida moving forward in the season. They're going to lose some games like Mississippi State and Georgia, uh, but they could still win eight games. I really think they have. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so we're talking about Dan Mullen. We need to kind of get into, like, we've talked, not not necessarily hot seats, but some of these new coaches, Willie Taggart, Dan Mullen, Chip Kelly, really getting off to a pretty bad start, um, or a slow start, you could say. Who are you most concerned with with the new coaches? Willie Taggart, 100%. Going into that Sanford game, Sanford was up the majority of the game going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, threw a couple bad picks, and Florida State was able to win. You're playing Sanford. How the <laughs> at home, how are you going to make that a close game? They should have won by 50. That, to me, the way that Florida State's playing, yeah, sure, they won that game, but they look awful. I know Florida State fans, uh, some of my friends, they are concerned. They want to fire Willie Taggart right now, rip off the Band-Aid. It is trouble in Tallahassee, and it's only going to get worse. And I'm saying it right here. They play Syracuse. Syracuse hasn't beaten Florida State in God knows how long. In the Carrier Dome, mark it down. Syracuse wins, and they win big. You heard it right here. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit worried about Chip Kelly. I think it's just, you know, I I don't know why. I think he just kind of expected a little bit more um, from the offense. I think they still have – you know, some ability to, to make some noise out there. Um, obviously, it's tough to go to Oklahoma. I mean, you can't really judge that. Um, but they're not scoring a ton, and you kind of expected him to be, you know, in a little more um, maybe, maybe pass-happy, a little more exciting kind of offense there. Um, but I, I'm not genuinely concerned about any of these guys losing their job. I think I agree with you, though. Taggart, it's, it's kind of like it's weird because we talked about this in another podcast. Like, Florida State had so many players. They recruited so well for so many years. What's going on? Like they got the players. It's got to be coaching or something that's going on, right? Yeah. Uh, with Florida State, I think – I just don't trust Willie Taggart. When you go in and you look at the film, what, I don't think Willie Taggart – I think Jimbo probably knew how to break down the film a little bit better and say, hey, this is the issue that's going on. Willie Taggart, his goal in the offseason was try to have fun with the players. They, I've seen, I saw them dancing uh, during practice. It wasn't like it, the offseason was hard and tough yeah. on the Florida State players. And it might have continued. They might have just relaxed in the offseason going into the season. I don't know if I trust him to get that fixed. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because it doesn't help that Jimbo on the highlight game in Texas A&M, he makes it look like that was all him down there. It, makes, I mean, it might have been, and we're going to figure that out. But Jimbo under the bright lights against Clemson, like you said, you could put you know a lot of – a lot of um, claim to that win being a lot of, a lot to have to do with Jimbo. I mean, he's, he's pushing the buttons. He's putting the people in the right places. And maybe they got too excited to get rid of him down there in Florida State or they didn't give him the money he wanted. And so it's kind of looking to be maybe a, a bad move. Or so. maybe Jimbo knew that that was kind of like Urban did with Florida leaving for Ohio State. Maybe Jimbo knew that maybe there was something toxic down there that he had to get 
away from, or maybe it was just all that cash. It had to be all that cash. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They backed the truck up there at Texas A&M. Okay, so we're gonna move to our next segment. This we started this last week. It's the carrot top of the heap. So shout out to our gingers there, um, and also our oyves. Um, so I'm gonna start um, with our top of the heap. Um, first and foremost, um, kind of some sad news. But really cool what Florida State did. I know we kind of trashed them there a minute ago. Um, Burt Reynolds passed away. Obviously the legend. Um, FSU did a cool Smokey and the Bandit sticker on their um, helmet. Uh, it was really cool to kind of see Lee Corso on game day too. Kind of talk about his old buddy. Um, Burt Reynolds. So I kind of grew up on Smokey and the Bandit and some cool movies like that. So um, really big shout out to them. It was really cool what they did. Um, Another one of my top of the heaps is, this is really shocking to me because I never thought this would happen, but um, Herm Edwards. Shout out to Herm Edwards for shutting the critics up. They had a big 16-13 win over Michigan State um, out there at Arizona State. Um, I kind of thought this was a weird hire. I think a lot of people thought that, but he's kind of showing that he's he's doing a little something out there. You play to win (laughs) The game. That's yeah. all I got about Herb yeah. Edwards. And yeah, he won. He's, he's got shot. a lot of cool lines that he did from, from NFL Live and stuff like that. So who, who you got for top of the heat? Top of the heat, staying with the Florida Kentucky game. Oof. Florida knew that Kentucky was going to run the ball. That was really what their offense is. Benny Snell was a beast. Yep. Uh, he just ran all over Florida. And they ran for a total of 300 yards. Benny Snell in Kentucky getting that 31-game uh, win streak. Uh, off the snide is going to be my top of the heap. So, uh, well done for Benny, Benny Snell. Okay. Um, so, I'll let you lead with Oy Vey. So, you got for Oy Vey's? Oy Vey headed to North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Oof. Larry Fedora is in trouble. Yes. They lost to East Carolina, who lost to North Carolina A&T. By process of Ooh, elimination. North Carolina A&T. They, and not only did they lose to East Carolina, they got whooped. So, people in North Carolina, I know you're looking probably towards hoops, Roy Williams. <laughs> you needed to get here quick. <laughs> and, and it might be a good thing, and I, I hate to say this, but it might be a good thing that Hurricane Florence is headed towards North Carolina and canceling that game this week against UCF because wow. they were going to get smoked by UCF. Or UCF. I, having said that, people in North Carolina, hope you're South safe. Carolina, everywhere, South Carolina, everywhere. South Carolina, all the East Coast, hope I, you're safe with the hurricane. I get your point. A little tease on that now that you mentioned North Carolina. That is one of those Power Five conference teams that is on that beautiful Central Florida schedule, which everybody's talking about. If they go undefeated, will they make the playoff? The answer is no, because now Pittsburgh and North Carolina are on there, and that's not really going to help your case with the committee. So just kind of a little tease there as well. Um, my Oyves for this week um, first and foremost, Brandon Wimbush from Notre Dame. Um, I think a lot of people think Notre Dame could possibly, quote-unquote, be back. Um, three interceptions against Ball State. They did win, but he's going to need to play better against some better teams. They're going to play Stanford. They're going to play the USC's. they got a, a lot of big games coming up. Um, he needs to be better against those types of opponents. If you throw three interceptions against Ball State, good luck against some better defenses. Um, and then my biggest way of the week, and I'm, I hate to keep harping on this, Dan Mullen dancing on the sidelines was, was pitiful, but I don't know if it was as pitiful as Todd Grantham's defense. I tried to tell you going into the season, Todd Grantham couldn't coach defense for anybody, for a middle school team down the road. I mean, he's so bad. It's almost like him and Brian Van Gorder just keep getting recycled with all these different teams, and they're never good. It, this defense was so bad. They got ran through 175 yards from Benny Snell, 31 years of beating Kentucky and owning them, and it all ended, and a lot of it had to do with Todd Grant. So I'm going to throw some facts here. Nick's all about opinions right now. The facts are with Mississippi <laughs> State, with Todd Grant, that they were a top-ten defense last year. That is a fact. 
Not against Georgia when they got beat 31 to 10. So Georgia was a better team than Mississippi talent wise. We'll look Ty at the Grantham, Auburn games Ty, and the games they. Ty Grantham against the good teams he gave up a lot. Yeah, of points. probably. Yeah. Ty Grantham, that was a top 10 defense for Mississippi State last year. But yes, Kentucky was going to run the ball. You knew it, and they ran for 300 yards. That that was bad. But I'm going to say this about the whole Florida program because you're you're saying that's a Oy Vey, the entire Florida Huge program. Huge Oy Vey. Huge. It, for me, Florida and Dan Mullen said this in the press conference. With Jim McElwain, they didn't know how to practice. Their practice uh, with McElwain was more of walkthroughs, and Mullen said that. Uh, so I think with the mindset, it's a mindset for Florida. It's a mindset for those players. They have to realize that in order for them to win, they've got to do it in practice, they've got to do it consistently, and they're not doing it. So I look at, for Dan Mullen, it's a mindset that he has to change. That mindset has been built for three years under Jim McElwain. So if Dan Mullen's going to succeed, it's changing that mindset, and it starts with practice. Let's talk about practice. We sitting here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. All right, so now we've talked about practice. Let's get to the game, Scott. Okay, so we've got a lot of um, big games. Obviously, everybody knows this is everybody's favorite segment or maybe no one's favorite segment, but it's the Who'd You Got. This is our pick segment, so we're excited about this weekend. Not a ton of big games around, but um, obviously the Hurricanes affecting some of them, but we do still have some to go through, so we'll dive right in. First and foremost, big one down in the south. Uh, number 12, LSU, oh, them, them Tigers and Bayou Tigers, and Coach O will go over to another Tiger slash War Eagle. Number 7, Auburn, they open up, and they're right at a 10-point favorite right now being the home team. Scott, I ask you, as I ask you every week, who'd you got? 10 points is a lot for LSU-Auburn. The Battle of the Tigers on the Plains oh, in Auburn, Tigers. Alabama. Uh Knowing my, you know my prediction with LSU, not going to make a bowl game. Yes. If they're not going to make a bowl game, they're not going to win this game. So I got to make sure that they don't make a bowl game to get right on my prediction. Uh, but I do think Auburn's a better team, a better offense, better defense as well. The offense of uh, the Auburn uh, defensive line and linebackers, the front seven, it's going to be tough for LSU to run the ball. Uh, I ten points is a lot. Don't think they win by ten, but I do think Auburn wins that game. Uh, and that's the first loss for LSU. Who'd you got? Nick? Yeah, so obviously don't like Gus Malzahn. I think he's just inconsistent. Um, Coach O, I love the guy. I think they could cause some problems maybe on defense to keep it close. Um, Joe Burrow's not quite there. He's not going to like wow anybody. I think he was 10 of 20 against Southeast Louisiana. They didn't play that well. They, I mean, they won the game pretty big, but they didn't look just insanely good against South, Southeast Louisiana. Um, Auburn's kind of battle-tested already with the big Washington win. Um, I'm going to take Auburn at home. I agree with you. I don't think it might – it might be 10 just kind of late in the game, but they're not going to win huge. It should probably be a good knockdown drag out, but I'll take Auburn at home. Um, another – got a neutral site game, so another ranked versus ranked opponent. We've got number four, the – Ohio State University, they like to say that. With or without um, Urban Meyer? No Urban Meyer. Right, no so this Urban is game Meyer. three without Urban Meyer um, versus the number 15 um, Texas Christian University Horn Frogs. For those of you who don't know the Horn Frogs there, um, Ohio State is a 12 and a half point favorite. Um, this is actually in Arlington, I think, at Jerry World. Uh, Scott, who'd you got? Going to TCU, I love Gary Patterson, love what he's done. I think he's one of the best coaches in the country. But being a recruiting guy that I am, you look at the recruiting rankings, Ohio State is consistently in the top five. TCU is consistently in the bottom 15 to 20 range. So just based off players alone, give me Ohio State. Uh, Haskins has played extremely well. 
I thought uh, Joe Burrow going to LSU, I thought he might have been the quarterback that Ohio State should have chosen. I am wrong on that. I think Haskins has played awesome, and he's going to throw for a lot of uh, yards that game. Give me Ohio State. 12 and a half is a lot, so I'll take TCU with the points. Uh, but Ohio State will win the game. How about you? Yeah, I don't think this is your normal TCU, Gary Patterson team. Um, breaking in the the sophomore quarterback, um, I, I think, and I was kind of looking up his name here. I don't know if I've seen him play. But um, uh, essentially, the, uh, Sean Robinson is the guy's name. He's only played the, these – two or three games, so he's making his first start against kind of a big opponent. Um, I think they'll be okay. Um, I don't think 12-and-a-half is, is that kind of outrageous. I think this is where Ohio State kind of puts their stamp on a big season win without Urban Meyer. Um, I think they win pretty big, so they might actually cover. Um, I think Ohio State's going to travel there to Dallas. Um, they probably put fans everywhere. Um, so I don't even think this is going to be really that close. Um, Ohio State kind of in a runaway. Um, so the third game we've got is – Boise State, your number 17 Boise State Broncos, they are traveling to number 24, Oklahoma State Cowboys. Um, Oklahoma State is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Um, who did you got? Does Gundy still have the mullet? He's a man, and he's probably 45-ish now. But, yeah, he's a man, and he's 40. And does he have a mullet? We need to check that out. If he's got the mullet, I'm going with Oklahoma State. If he doesn't <laughs> have the mullet, I'm going with Boise State. So, Boise State, if they can win this game – they can run the table. They can be that UCF okay. national champions up in Idaho. Uh, they can claim if they win this game. But at Oklahoma State, uh, love what Gundy has, has done there for a long time. I think Oklahoma State and Stillwater wins this game. Yeah, so um, so you take Oklahoma State. Okay, cool. So I'm going to take Boise. I think Boise is more talented. Um, I think that they find a way to get this win. Um, I, I don't really – um, have much to go on. I haven't checked the mullet um, statistics there to see if, if they're ready to go. But um, I think Boise is kind of the UCF of this year where this is a ranked team, but they're ranked number 24. It's not like they're world beaters. They're not even one of the better teams in the Big 12. Um, so give me Boise to go on the road and um, to, get a, to get a win um, over Oklahoma State. Um, I'm going to go back. I'm just making all of our picks known so we can roast each other next week because you know that's going to happen um so you're taking okay state give me the pokes and i am taking calm down it's a family podcast scott um uh so okay so i'm taking boise for kind of an upset there okay so we got a bonus pick this week we're going to talk about everyone's favorite football team it's the only team that actually plays football the alabama crimson tide they are going to oxford mississippi against the Ole Miss Shark Rebel Bear, whatever they are now, but Ole Miss. And they open up at Alabama's a 22-point favorite. That's more than three touchdowns. So we got the Fighting Tua's, not the Crimson Tide. Oh, the Fighting Tua's of Alabama then. going into Ole Miss. Ole Miss has given Alabama fits uh, recently. Uh, that was with Hugh Freeze as the coach. But uh, I think the thing with Ole Miss, Alabama's going to be able to score in this game. Ole Miss gave up. 40-something points, I believe, to Southern Illinois. That's ridiculous. Uh, so Alabama and Tua are going to light the scoreboard up, but Ole Miss is going to light the scoreboard up as well. Their receivers, their receiving core with A.J. Brown, Metcalf, and Demarcus Lodge are some of the best receivers in the Nasty country. Nasty wideouts. They, they, got the they could be in the NFL right now. Those guys are awesome. Alabama's defense, I don't think they're as talented as they normally have been. So I think Ole Miss will score. This will be – they might break the scoreboard in Oxford. This is going to be a high-score game. <laughs> 22 points, I think, is a lot. So give me Ole Miss to cover. I think Alabama wins by 17 or so. A high-scoring game, a shoot, a shootout. Yes. Yeah, so, 
Sorry, sorry to cut you off there. Um, so, actually, I'm not sorry. I don't really care. So, um, Ole Miss, I think I agree with you. They're going to try to find a way to score some points. Um, I think they will. Um, this is Everybody had the circle kind of in the preseason, like kind of a trap game for Bama just because of the wide receivers and kind of some, some youth in the Alabama secondary. Um, I do agree with you. I think Bama's going to be able to score whenever they want to. Um, their defense is obviously a little bit better. Um, I agree with you the 22 points, but this just screams of, like, Nick Saban – proven a point it was almost like the Vanderbilt game last year where it was like you know he can go in there and they're playing pretty well and they got kind of an outside shot if he wants to he can go pedal to the metal um I agree with you up I would probably if I was a betting man which I'm not I got kids um I would probably take Ole Miss um but I'll take Alabama to win outright it'll probably be closer than the 22 though well, so ba- ba- based off I'm gonna cut you off here. based off your picks maybe I should now go with over 22 for Alabama because your picks have been awful this year so you're wow, going, you're going under 22, so I might have to go over. Now. Says the guy with Felipe Franks and Tim Tebow mentioned in the same sentence. So, so we'll leave it at that. We're excited. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Um, we're we're gonna get back to you guys next week. Um, everybody be safe in the hurricane, and we'll talk to you next week. We're out.